Welcome to Life on the Brink, a lovely little place filled with inspiration and creativity that is dedicated to enjoying life one day at a time. I'm Anna, and together we're exploring the beautiful things in this world that fascinate us and often discovering something new. Hello, hello, and welcome to our lucky number 13 episode of Life on the Brink. We are well into our Christmas episodes. We're right in the middle of the holiday season. It's Christmas is next week, and that's pretty crazy to think about, honestly. (laughs) I hope you are enjoying this holiday season, whatever it looks like for you this year, that you're able to slow down and take some time and enjoy these very special weeks at the end of the year. One of the ways that I love to celebrate this season, even just by myself, is baking. And today we are talking about Christmas cookies. Of course, we have to talk about baking. Why? Because one, I feel like People really enjoy baking during this time of the year. And even if you're not a huge baker, people tend to bake during the holidays, either Thanksgiving or Christmas and beyond. And two, because this year looks a little different and we aren't able to gather in the same kind of ways this year. There's not a lot of Christmas parties, Christmas gatherings. Right now in Virginia, social gatherings are limited to 10 people um, with exceptions for like churches and schools and stuff obviously but parties are pretty much not happening (laughs) and um that's why I think cookies are the thing to bake this year as opposed to say like cakes and other sort of grand more like event type baked goods cookies are portable they're small they're giftable they're wonderful (laughs) So today's Cookie Central, I'm going to share some of my favorite cookie recipes, my favorite Christmas cookies, my go-tos. We'll also talk about some of the most popular cookies, statistically, (laughs) and um, some cool ideas, some inspiration for cookies and, and how to give them this year. But first, we're going to start with a little bit of history. That's right. We've got, we're going to hit the books and talk a little bit about the history and and some culture and geography about Christmas cookies. I know this is like school is in session where we're learning about Christmas cookies so we can become scholars of cookies. So I just find this stuff fascinating. I love looking up the history of of traditions and and food traditions especially and it turns out that The Christmas cookie as a tradition is an old, old tradition. I, uh, I found a link. I found a lot of links actually for this episode. Just know I'm going to link a lot of stuff in the show notes. Um, the first of which is an article that I found on the history of the Christmas cookie. It turns out that this started in like the middle ages because before Christmas became the big holiday that it was, people were still having like, uh, you know, winter celebrations, harvest, winter solstice, sort of like feasts. And then in the Middle Ages, when Christmas 
began to be celebrated in the way that it is now around that winter solstice time, the traditions of like the feasts and doing big roasts and stuff like that, the gathering and the partying at like this winter time just became a Christmas tradition. And with that, they needed a little sweet thing. Even in the Middle Ages, you got to have a little something sweet. And thus the Christmas cookie became a sort of tradition. At that time, the sort of pastry world of Europe was changing a lot. And there was access to uh, spices and, um, and new kinds of ingredients and things like sugar and butter and lard. These would have been really special um, and not very, this is not your everyday kind of sweet thing. So people could really only afford to prepare them at Christmas. And they would be shared and given to people, thus the Christmas cookie was born. And I found a really cool quote from this article. It's sort of a long quote, but I think it's it's just fascinating. So it says, quote, Christmas flavors like cinnamon, nutmeg, and ginger are exactly the same spices medieval cooks would have used in their cookies ages ago. Gingerbread is a classic Christmas cookie, and yet it's also a cookie that would have tasted strikingly similar back in the Middle Ages. Ginger, cinnamon, and nutmeg, and mace combine to make a snappy, spicy taste, just like they would have back then. And gingerbread uses molasses as a sweetener, something that medieval cooks would appreciate as refined sugar was so expensive. These cooks would not have made gingerbread men, however— the first person to try that was none other than Queen Elizabeth I of England, who had the cookie molded into the shapes of her favorite courtiers. Unquote. That is so extra, and I love that. I'm a fan of Queen Elizabeth I of England for doing that. <laughs> that gingerbread men were first shaped to look like individual specific men. That's hilarious. And I found that fascinating, the sort of history of gingerbread and why that is a, a Christmas thing. I'm a fan of gingery sorts of sweets, so I like gingerbread and all of that sounds delicious. <laughs> so that's sort of where the tradition came from. And I was also reading a lot about different cookie traditions throughout the world and uh, just wanted to share some of my findings of some Christmas cookies that I love from around the world. Um, in Italy, for example, they make the pizzelle, pizzelle, I think it must be pizzelle, like looking at the spelling. It's those little flat looking like a, like a waffle cone kind of, but they look like flowers and they're flat. Um, and you can, you know, find them at World Market or wherever. They make these specific cookies at Christmas time and also at Easter time, which is interesting. Um, another that I really love and I haven't made yet, but like it's a goal of mine as a Christmas cookie and that's to make Linzer cookies, like the little shortbread. They're the ones that have like, it's two little cookies stacked on top of each other and the top one has a cutout of either like a circle or a star or a heart and it's coated or it's topped with powdered sugar, but in between the two cookies is that layer of jam, usually like a, a red, like a strawberry or raspberry jam. So then it just looks like a beautiful white cookie with this deep red center. 
and it's like jam and and like a butter shortbread type cookie with powdered sugar. They're so beautiful and I haven't made them yet, but they come from Austria and turns out that they originally had something called a Linzer torte, which was like a larger sort of pie thing that had strips of pastry and then like a baker or a group of bakers just started making them in like portable versions in these little cookies and people loved them and now it's a thing all over the world and then lastly I just want to mention what is known as well there's a lot of different names but the Russian tea cakes These are also called Mexican wedding cakes or Italian wedding cookies or butterballs or like sandy or some things and or meltaways. It's that little buttery cookie that's rolled in powdered sugar. Apparently some people know them by Russian tea cakes as well. I had never heard that one, um, but I, I did some reading on it and it turns out that no one really knows where it came from. Some think that it was a sort of Eastern European tradition that somehow made its way to Mexico with nuns because apparently convents were where a lot of baking happened. I think that's so fun. That's one theory. But basically all those cookies with all those names, they're essentially the same thing. And aren't they good though? I'm a fan of some of the more international um, sweets. I think mostly because they're they're not as sweet all the time and because sometimes I just want something a little different um, because you tend to see a lot of the same classic flavors here in the U.S. because I did some research on United States Christmas cookies as well and um, I looked at several different polls. I'm, I've linked the articles in the show notes as well, several different articles where basically the American people were polled, what is your favorite Christmas cookie? And no matter what the results were, there were always like five or six that were always at the top. And those were, number one, chocolate chip cookies. Um, Makes sense. Like, they're just amazing. They're really, really good. I'm also leaving a link to my favorite chocolate chip cookie recipe these days. Um, Peanut butter cookies. And I think that also includes the ones that have the Hershey Kiss in the middle. And those are just, that's, that's Christmas right there, really. Um, There's sugar cookies, of course, gingerbread, um, snickerdoodles, which I don't see as often, but probably exist mostly around Christmas time, I would say. I'm also um, linking a recipe for those that I haven't tried yet, but that look really good. (laughs) And then also fudge is included. And I don't know if people consider fudge a cookie. I guess it it falls into that sort of realm of Christmas baking. But, you know, I included it because it was on a bunch of lists, but I don't think fudge counts. I think fudge and like the little truffles, like Oreo truffles and stuff like that, they can have their own little category where it's like not quite candy making, but it's not baking. So those are like the top five, six (laughs) cookies in the United States. And I'd say that checks out with what I see um, in my area. And I think that's why sometimes I like to explore into, uh, you know, European or international pastry, just because I, I've had a, a sugar cookie, you know, they're not always my favorite. And um, I like trying new flavors, new stuff. But 
like like I said, like a chocolate chip cookie is really good. In fact, last week, I'll talk about them a little bit later, but I made I made chocolate chip cookies, but they were spiced. The dough was was spiced with like cinnamon and ginger and cardamom and stuff, and it also had cranberries in it. And oh, and I threw some almonds in there, and that was nice. It was like a little holiday spicy chocolate chip cookie. I always got to be mixing it up. I don't know. Sometimes I just need to be extra, especially at Christmas, I guess. <laughs> but if straight up sugar cookies or peanut butter is your thing, now is the time, friends. This is a time to make those sweet things that you don't make all year round, that call for a special occasion. And I have two or three different kinds of cookies that I always go to at this time of year. Well, at least in the past couple of years. And I'm going to be sharing them with you today. So these are my go-to Christmas cookie recipes. Number one is actually an original recipe that I have been making for the past 10 years or so. And it's just these little lemon cookies, sort of like a lemon shortbread kind of thing. It's probably close to like that sort of melt away type dough where it's just like flour, sugar, butter, and flavoring, you know, in this case, lemon zest. There's no egg or oil or rising agent. So it's just a really nice, buttery, lemony, glazed cookie. I developed this recipe from one that <laughs> that I found in a Lando Lakes sponsored magazine of Christmas cookie recipes. I probably bought it 10 or 11 years ago and I still have it. I still have this magazine. It was really the the catalyst into baking for me. And now that I think about it, it was probably the first recipe I developed. Ooh, flashback. Um, episode three was all about recipe development and it's sort of a new thing that I've been getting into, but turns out I think this was the first time I did that over time this was it was like a, a, a they called them lemon pecan snowdrops and I've since completely eliminated the pecans I just I don't need them and I'll include my recipe in the show notes as well um, it's very simple I've got it memorized and they just make lots of little adorable lemon melty cookies and my friends and family go nuts for them I've also had the same mint green polka dot cookie tin that I got at World Market sometime in high school. <laughs> I have it and I use it every year. And people would know when they saw that tin, it most likely had cookies in it and most likely had lemon cookies in it. And um, that might be how I made friends in high school, or at least how I got them. <laughs> and I'm probably going to make some next week <laughs> and give them to family members or just have them at Christmas Eve or wherever because they're just really nice and the lemon sort of lifts it and is a, a little change from things that are either very gingery, spicy, or chocolatey. You know, a nice little lemon like, ooh, they're sweet and they're tart and they're just enough. So I'm going to include that recipe. It has never failed me. <laughs> Number two, that I, I love during Christmas time, and I'm even more excited to make this year, are biscotti. Do you like that? I got my whole Giada de Laurentiis impression on. They're biscotti. And um, 
If you're unfamiliar, biscotti means twice baked in Italian, and it's those little cookies that you can find at Barnes and Noble or most little coffee shops where they're like long, like oblong shapes, and they're kind of hard, and you're meant to have them with coffee. It's because you bake a dough into a loaf, essentially. You bake it and then you slice it as if it's like a big loaf of some kind of bread. And then you flip them on their sides, the little slices, and you bake them again. So they sort of dry out and become really crunchy. And then you can either, you know, dip them in chocolate or have a glaze or something. And they are meant to be had, I think, (laughs) with coffee or tea because you can sort of dip them, dunk them, and they get a little softer. They're not super sweet, so they're a nice little pairing. And I love them. I don't know why. I think it's just because they're simple. You get to make tea with it, even though, oh, but Josh brought this up to me a couple weeks ago. I cannot wait to have them this winter because now I like coffee. It's one of the great things that happened in 2020. I drink coffee now, and I have yet to have a biscotti with a cup of coffee. So I'm probably going to bake some this week, and I can't wait for that moment. (laughs) I'm going to leave a link in the show notes to my favorite biscotti recipe. It's a chai spice biscotti with a chai glaze. Oh, they are good. I've made them a couple times before, and... Wow, just delicious. And yes, you can go all out and make chai tea with it. I don't see why not. And let me tell you, homemade biscotti is so much better than the stuff that you will find at Barnes & Noble. I know that's probably not a shock to anyone here, but they're really not, if a biscotti is rock hard, it's not supposed to be that way. It is more crunchy than another, like a classic American cookie, but it's not supposed to break your teeth. <laughs> and I love at Christmas time that you can find them with the cranberries and pistachio and with white chocolate. Oh, that's, that's the Christmas combo right there. Love them. So those are really my two favorite cookies to make at Christmas time lately. Um, but I also do have to talk really quick about scones. Um, and I know they're not a cookie, But they sort of fall into that same category for me because they are smaller, they're more portable, it's not a whole pastry to do. And I think they are also great gifts, but scones are also a little bit more chill than like a whole cake or something. So if you do have someone over or you are able to gather with people, even if it's just one or two, having a couple little scones and making some tea... It's the best. I made scones a couple weeks ago, and I will link the recipe for those as well. They are a um, brown butter maple glazed cinnamon apple scones. I'm looking at the recipe. It's a a half-baked harvest recipe, of course, and they were delicious. Again, they're not too sweet, and that's what I like about them. And if you have jam or lemon curd, or if you're able to get your hands on clotted cream, it's very hard where I live, but every now and then you can find it and it's just delightful. So I like making scones for little informal gatherings, which people tend to do at Christmas and maybe this year you can still do a little bit. And those are my favorites. I hope maybe they've uh, provided a little bit of 
inspiration for uh, maybe something different to try this year. And um, I've got a couple more little ideas, just little extras of inspiration for your baking this year. One is gifting. Because even if you can't bake for events this year, cookies are a great gift. Like I said, they're way more giftable than other things you can bake. And I like getting those little cellophane bags that you can get at like Michael's or Target or somewhere and then putting a little ribbon on them. And then I usually <laughs> load them into a big bag and it, whether I'm going to uh, work or I'm going to see family or to church or something, then I, you know, I've got my big bag full of little bags of cookies and it's great. I feel like Santa and you can just give them as just a little something to the people you care about. I found that something homemade is always loved and appreciated. And this is something a little extra. If you know someone with an allergy or a dietary restriction, baking something for them that you know they can have, I've done that as well. And it is just so appreciated. It shows that you care in a very sweet way, literally. (laughs) And of course, you could always go to the next level and make a whole cookie box, like a cookie tin, you know, and do the whole postage thing. I'm going to have a link to um, a beautiful cookie box idea um, where you just like make several different kinds of, of dough, of cookies, and you have them ready to go and you design little boxes and mail them out. And that might be a great idea to send to loved ones that maybe you can't see this year or as a sort of care package kind of situation and there's guidelines on like how to pack and how to mail them and everything I think that's a really cute idea a little more labor intensive and it doesn't have to be as involved you can just pick you know one or two but having that little variety box to mail to someone so cute and then lastly if you ever need more inspiration than this you do not need to look further than the great British bake-off but the holiday specials There's a separate collection on Netflix that has like all of the baking episodes from the past couple years. And wow, you don't even have to follow the show. This is how I got into the Great British Baking Show last Christmas, but I had never seen it before in my life. It's wonderful because not only is it just, you know, lovely and the whole vibe of the show is so soothing and fantastic, but the flavor combinations that people come up with that are still very Christmassy, but not the same ones that you always hear, not just gingerbread, chocolate chip, sugar cookies, snickerdoodle, peanut butter, you know, there's a lot more variety. And it inspires me to no end, not just for cookies, but for other things and makes me want to bake all the things. So just check that out on Netflix and enjoy. So I hope you are inspired to bake something you still got some time between now and christmas and plus we know the christmas season goes until at least january 5th right so you've got time take a look at some of the links the recipes and make a little something sweet and on that note i have something very special (laughs) to share in this week's little joy This week's Little Joy was a collaborative effort and something that I celebrated with my family. I know like every other Little Joy is just like me 
having dinner with my family. But this one was special because I'll do a little backstory because you may not be listening from Virginia, where I live. I live very close to Busch Gardens Williamsburg, which is a theme park. And it's a beautiful theme park with different um, areas modeled after different European countries. It's great fun. I've been going my entire life. And for the past 10 or 12 years, they've had a Christmas, what is called Christmas Town, where some of the rides are open and everything's covered in lights and there's shows and you can you can eat. And it's like a whole theme park experience, but it's completely transformed for Christmas. And they do it so well. My family's been going pretty much every year for the past 10 years. It's a tradition and we go together and then I will also go, I went with Josh last year and it was great. We love going there like so much. And this year, of course, it's not the same. They're offering some other kind of different Christmas thing, but for the price, for what's being offered and none of the shows will be there. And it's just, it wasn't going to work for us, for our family and our budget and the time. It wasn't going to be worth it for us. So we decided I think it was between my sister and I, like we came up with the idea to DIY this experience. And if you remember back in episode eight, I was sort of talking about how to celebrate things in 2020 when you can't do the same kinds of things. And um, one idea was to sort of recreate that experience at home, which is not the same, but it's still a fun little thing to do. So my family got together for family dinner at uh, my parents' house last weekend, and we had our Christmas town at home. So my dad smoked turkey legs and chicken legs because we would always eat at like the smokehouse restaurant. And somehow they got bags of waffle fries and were like frying them up. And I did like very garlicky green beans. And my sister made in a crock pot, like the big, the wassail, the Christmas cider that I was talking about um, last week with Caroline that I must have a cup of it every year. I had a cup of it finally. And we made hot chocolate and I baked those spiced chocolate chip cookies with the uh, cranberries in them. And it was so good. My sister Sarah found videos of people walking through Christmas Town, um, just looking at the lights and stuff and made a playlist of them and just like played them on the big TV on mute so that it just felt like we were walking through looking at all the lights. You're we like, oh, yeah, remember where that thing was? Or people had recordings of the carolers in the street and we were watching full performances of shows. And I made the playlist, of course, which I'll talk about in a second. But we had the best time. We had music, we had video, we had the food, we were all together and we were reminiscing on past years of that experience and that tradition. And we're definitely going to remember it for years and years to come. And I think it was a success. We all felt like, yeah, all of that Christmas cheer that we would absorb there, we've absorbed it at home. I'm so glad we did it. And I will be even more excited next year, hopefully, (laughs) whenever it comes back to go again. So that was my little joy. And while we're on the subject, of course, we have to talk about a playlist. I'm going to share the playlist that I made for this DIY Christmas Town event. Um, it is full of tracks that actually play as ambient music in the park. So if you have been to Bush Gardens Christmas Town, then it'll be a trip down memory lane. But for many of you that have not been to Bush Gardens Christmas Town, 
it's still a wonderful playlist filled with Christmas carols from various European countries. So we've got the Irish Rovers, we've got carols in French, in German, we have a Highland Christmas carol, plus there's also some tracks from movie soundtracks, which are beautiful, and there's also a bunch of like vintage classic American Christmas songs, because we know that I love Ella Fitzgerald. It's really fun, really sweet. I highly recommend listening on Shuffle, because you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> and it's just a, a cool way to explore some of the sounds of Christmas from other countries. It's really fun, and you can bake to it, because I did, and it was great. <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this episode. I hope you are enjoying your Christmas season and that these little episodes have just been little doses of Christmas cheer. If you haven't already, I would love hearing where you're listening from. You can head to the show notes at AnnaPerkinsMusic.com slash Life on the Brink for photos, for all the links, and you can leave a comment with your favorite Christmas cookie or link the recipe. That would be the best. And feel free to leave a rating or a review of this podcast wherever you're listening. Or better yet, share this with someone else that you know enjoys Christmas cookies or baking or would enjoy this episode. Thank you so much, friends. I'm going to go bake some biscotti now. So until next time, have a lovely, merry, joy-filled week, friends. Bye.